Yo, Jess. Yeah. I want to tell you this shit right now while the fucking weed is in me. I love you, dog. <laughs> you know this shit. <laughs> now is where you tell me uh, that you also love me so much so that if I ever decide to kill that Kim bitch, you'll show me where the ocean is. Okay. <sighs> Today on Mormon. <laughs> I have to do this shit by myself. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just a read. Listen to them talking to Mike. Okay, I am. I don't know. I am not sure if God exists or not. If God exists, if if I'm God, whatever. If if all of us together as one are God, I don't know. I would like for there to be a God. I think it'd be even cool if it was me, but <laughs> I would like for there to be something. I am not certain if there's a God. I am certain that there is no Satan. I do. I, I stopped believing in Satan while I was still Mormon. <laughs> what are you doing now? Now is the time to clean now there was there was one spot on the table that really really needed to get wiped up. So Jessa thought I'll dump an entire bottle of water on it. I'll make my icebreakers a little boat in a in a river. I, so I put mints in my mouth and then suck on them for a second, and then I don't want to make noise on the podcast. So, so I have a little station that I want to put my legs up on, and there was I hate these fucking water bottles. It's Where you can't put the lid back. So strange on that you buy hundreds of them at a time. <laughs> you hate them, and you just buy your your house is full of those water bottles. Were they gifted to you? <laughs> Did you inherit them? <laughs> you create your own reality, Jessa. <laughs> This is what they sell at Whole Foods, which is where I grabbed a case of water before. Yeah, they your are arrival. they're a difficult cap. It's like a snap and they up pop camp. top, yeah. and I don't get them closed because it makes you crinkle the water bottle. So I was trying to clean up a wet spot. So he's doing it for me, which is so weird. All I had to do was stand up. It's very strange <laughs> that I'm able to reach the entire table without. Uh... You have nine foot arms. <laughs> You were like, uh, I'm gonna stay seated, but keep my foot. I'm gonna roar. <laughs> fucking Aaron Woodall, Mr. Perfect. All right, so uh. my legs, I went to put my legs on the table, and there was a wet spot. So I went to clean up the wet spot, and I knocked over the water bottle and then poured more water everywhere. I love then, you, by the way. Then Aaron came in, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like you have to say that all the time because I, am I defensive? I can, I feel like, well, you and I have always been very in tune 
and I feel like I am sensitive to when, like, I can feel when you start to get uh, worried, yeah. anxious, you yeah. know. And I, I can, and I, I think I'm just getting better at, you know, hearing that, realizing why, and I can go, oh, like when when I made I you caught me making a, a sh- like a little shiver no no hold on uh, t- i caught him trying to climb out the window of a moving <laughs> car <laughs> making a shiver is that the understatement did, of the world well i just i didn't know how to what do you describe this move at like well you rolled cr- down the window and skin. looked like you were gonna vomit out so the she side asked of the me car. what's wrong and i didn't want to tell her and then i was like i just no what i said was do you want to talk about that <laughs> You were like, what? And I was like, what? You're going through right now? Um, did you know why I was doing it? I You got incredibly uncomfortable all of a sudden. You were already slightly anxious, I could tell. Yeah, just then, after our meeting, I wasn't uh, in a No, great... I didn't. But as soon as... So I, what it was, was Jessa was gluing her dentures in. And I told her, it's nothing personal. I'm really sensitive to, to noises like that, like mouth noises. Like when I was a missionary, uh, my, you'd be in an apartment alone quiet no tv no radio no noise just you and your companion and your companion's eating an apple and i wanted i wanted to like the sound of him of just that you could just hear him chewing inside i wanted to rip my skin off of my body and and shove that skin into his mouth (laughs) so that he couldn't it's a weird feeling to experience And I thought Jessa would be un- would be. I thought Jessa would be understanding after this bitch just talked to me about chapstick addiction, <laughs> and just last night was like, Aaron, you don't understand the feeling uh, of not having your lips chap or having chapstick on your lips. It drives people insane. And I googled it and I saw all these insane people that uh, need chapstick to live, and and now and now now not twenty four hours later. You, you, I think the quote was a little dramatic. Is that what you said? You're being a little dramatic, Karen. Okay. All right. I don't remember. Don't you, I don't remember. Uh, don't you suck on some more icebreakers? I don't remember <laughs> proposing that I remove my skin and feed it to my roommate. Oh, but that's what all that stuff was online that I read. That when I found the yeah, the, the, lip, the lip bombers anonymous group, uh, the stories they shared, I was like, are people trolling? These chapstick this addicts, or are these the real chapstick addicts? Because this sounds like a parody that I would have written. Chapstick addiction is very similar to the addiction to smoking in that when you haven't had a cigarette, you're it, there's like someone screaming inside of you until you smoke Holy another shit. cigarette. Yeah, it's very stressful. You're, you get very anxious. Huh. And so chapstick addiction, you just I don't. So I think it the chapstick removes your lips ability to moisturize themselves, and so they feel very dry. But there is a screaming anxiety that comes with needing more chapstick Mm. and so i was addicted to chapstick i had them everywhere i had left events and work to go get chapstick if something happened like the idea of leaving my chapstick at home was i wasn't as crazy the story that i read last night was like this woman was at work was doing a presentation didn't have any chapstick started losing her goddamn mind because she couldn't find chapstick a co-worker was like hey do you need 
a break? And she was like, yes. And then she ran. She was like, I didn't walk quickly. I, I sprinted at full speed to the nearest store. I bought like a stick of, of chapstick and just immediately started smearing it onto my lip. Like I just like the relief, the pure shameful orgasm of like getting the chapstick yeah. onto my lips oh my God, and then, that. and then running back and finishing her presentation at work while everyone stared at her in horror she figured it was like because she had ran out and then ran back in and only after her presentation was completely done did someone say hey you should uh go to the bathroom (laughs) and she went to the bathroom and there was like white powder all over her face and then she then opened her purse and realized in her rush to get her chapstick fix she did not buy chapstick and instead that shameful orgasmic feeling came from a, a tube of, of, of sunblock, like yeah. uh, of sunscreen that you rub on like a deodorant stick, I guess. And she had rubbed that all over her mouth and face. <laughs> and so then she got fired. <laughs> anyway, uh, my so, shit never got that. Anyway. And my shit never got that bad. I just uh, want to crawl out of windows occasionally. But so what, it was the sound of me gluing my dentures. That's what it was. I told, and, and I was like, I was like, nothing personal. It's just the sound of when you you take your dentures out and glue them and put them back in. There's that that little mouth sound. It just it it, it makes my skin crawl. And then a little bit later, I know it wasn't immediate later. You were just like, hey, just by the way, uh, I just want you to know that the the, the glue that I, the denture glue I usually have. <laughs> Uh, it works way better. And I just, it take, you have to order it online. It takes a while to get there. So, I mean, I, when I'm on the road and stuff, I got to get this other stuff and I hate it. I hate it. I really dislike it. I don't like how it feels and it always has to come out and I'm all, and I could, I could, I feel pretty tuned in. I felt like I, I knew what it was. I felt like I embarrassed you and you're worried that, uh, uh, about like you're you're thinking right now. How many times have I glued my dentures in around Aaron uh, today or ever? Should I count out the amount, the total? How many do you think times that is? is that fifty, five hundred? Should I say something to him? Am I? Blah, blah. And I and so then I I like there was, and there's nothing to, is I I do not care about yeah. your dentures whatever. Uh, it's honestly just mouth sounds. I can't take it. Yeah. And so I just said, hey, I love you, and. I felt you just kind of calm down. Yeah. I felt, I, felt, I felt that frequency like it had been like really rapid and da 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 da, da. It just kind of got peaceful. And so just then I was being uh, annoying about the table and uh, I was worried then that I felt like I had made you feel embarrassed or whatever. Yeah. And so then I just wanted to say it. That's all. Am I getting better at it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's very it's very sweet because then I'll immediately just be like, am I being crazy right now? So I was being funny about the table. <laughs> and the, the denture, because I, I just, this is one of these things that I'm supposed to be embarrassed about or something. And I, if I went to the bathroom every time I had to manage these fucking things, I would be gone all the time. And so I just very early on was like, I'm not going to be embarrassed about this. I didn't have teeth in my 20s. Like, I'm not going to be embarrassed about the fake ones. This is funny because Jessa already spends most of her day in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, she's like, she's not, say, she, she's not, she's like, she's aware of, it's not, it wouldn't be all day in a bathroom just for dentures. It's just that she's already dedicated half of her day to the bathroom. And... <laughs> She can't afford any more time. Her daughters miss her. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's funny because I don't shit, but <laughs> no, you just are on your phone. You just go to the 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 bathroom. The, the bathroom. Hang out. Yeah, I guess we should explain. Everyone on the podcast is There's, like, her IBS is serious. We've talked. We have talked about it on a podcast, though, haven't we? Uh, about that I what? Just hang out. Yeah, I think so. I was raised by men. And oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just just hang think out. that that's where you're supposed to hang out. I mean, I do. I did just get a lot. I've door. seen several videos on Facebook of your daughters like passing you things underneath the door, <laughs> begging for you to come out, like trying to establish contact somehow. Like, please, mom. And you just and you just are like are live streaming it. <laughs> oh god, the master bedroom in the house in Delaware was the size of our the bathroom to the master bedroom was the size of my bedroom in this apartment Ooh. now and i lived i should just put a desk in a there queen. i lived in that bathroom there are so many uh yeah i spent a lot of time anyway anyway uh i was talking about god and satan yeah sorry sorry about god and satan because i i don't know if god exists but i'm certain satan doesn't the devil now, is a lie so you don't believe in hell in mormonism no. But you do there believe is, in Satan. Yes. Yes. So Mormons believe in Satan. And I had and this was a something that I was kind of fascinated by. I had a certain lesson from an institute teacher, Tracy Kirkham, who's still my Facebook friend, and uh I try to block him from all of my posts about the podcast cuz I I really look up to him, admire him and love him, and I just feel like, "Oh, I don't want to break his heart." But he was so cool. And I just, and he, so an institute teacher is like someone who's paid by the church to just teach church stuff. And as someone who likes theology, like at your house or nah, like, uh, in, in areas with a lot of Mormons, like the, it'll be like on a college campus somewhere, like the church will have a building and it's, uh, or, you know, at BYU, there's uh, clearly a bunch of professors that work there. There's, uh, seminary buildings for high school students that like go to seminary is, is one of in like Utah and Idaho. They have, they, these kids in high school, one of their classes in that day is to go to Mormon seminary. So they'll do like geography and algebra and then go to a book of Mormon class. When I grew up in Maryland without many Mormons, we did in high school, we had early morning seminary. So we had to go to our church building before we'd wake up at like four thirty, go to our church building, uh, and then and then just uh, sleep. Like while Sister Billings tried to get us to, Sister Billings was the sweet lady who was called to teach early morning seminary. So sweet and nice to us, but we didn't give a shit. No one wanted to be there. We didn't like it. I was always just doing my homework for like uh, <laughs> my first period class. I'm like, uh, <laughs> just do it during seminary, and she would try to get me to be like, yeah, hey, could you put that away? And I'm like. I can't actually (laughs) because there's an actual grade that comes with this class. The one you're teaching is made up. This super uh, rule abiding Mormon. And the more stories you tell me, the more I'm like, you were not. I didn't. Well, it's because the first time I came to big sky, I came with, it was, it was shocking to find out how I was viewed in the real world. I, I used to think of myself as a badass. I I was such, 
told I was me such that you were... I was such uh, like compared to the other Mormons. I mean, the fact that I was doing like humor you at BYU was this little uh, enclave of rebellious students, you know, and we didn't want to follow all the rules and stuff. But then uh, I co- go out to the real world, and uh, I'm just this vanilla. Uh, <laughs> Like no, I, I this whole time I thought I was wearing this like badass leather jacket, and then the first time I met like other comedians from New York and L.A., they were just like, "Oh, that's a sweet cardigan you got on there, bunny. Uh, is that homecoming? You take? Are you leading the team in the big game?" And but I I don't know I I was I was a good I was a good kid Mormon kid but there were things that uh, I made my own stand on and one of them was like I don't give a shit about seminary I really did like learning the scriptures yeah but I do I this is not the time yeah <laughs> I should be asleep right now but um, institute was like after high school it was like for college age kids. Mm-hmm. And in Maryland, it was we had to drive like an hour to get there once a week. And Brother Kirkham would teach us like uh, these young adults a, a lesson for an hour, and then we'd play volleyball together. Oh. And I, yeah, we would just it was like because none of these Mormons had other Mormon friends. We all lived in different places in Maryland, you know. We didn't yeah. ever exceed. So this this is like the one night a week that we hung out with other Mormons and we just wholesomely played volleyball together in this like indoor church court until midnight. And Brother Kirkham, who has a family, who has jobs, was so cool. He knew that it was like so important to us. He just would stay there all night until until midnight, and Aww. then and then drive an hour home and stuff. But he also taught really cool things. And one time he taught us about agency and he uh and he used this it was second nephi chapter two it was where lehi is dying and he's get, talking to his sons before he dies and he's passing on all this wisdom and he's talking about adam and adam came to earth and but adam there was the fall right adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy this is and this is like the this crux of uh, of this lesson right we're talking about what agency is and what agency isn't and kirkham's whole point was agency is more than choice it's more than choice the just having a choice does not mean you have agency he was like there are important what if you had a million different choices but all those choices were tied to the exact same consequence like if you, if, if, if all pizza toppings tasted the same, if pepperoni tasted the exact same as pineapple, which tasted the exact same as mushroom, and I gave you a choice between a pepperoni pizza, a pineapple pizza, and a mushroom pizza, do you really have agency or do you just have uh, an, like this choice? You can make the choice, sure, but you're going to get the same thing no matter what, right? So he was talking about all this agency stuff and how that worked into the Mormon plan of salvation. And this kickstarted this big question for me, which was, what is Satan and what's his role in this plan? Because here's how, here's how it's laid out in Mormonism. We were spirit children. We lived with God. We wanted an experience. We wanted to go learn things and come back. How do we do that? That's a pro- like, how can we do it, right? Jesus steps up. He's, he's our older brother. He's God's firstborn. He says, I've got a plan. Here it is. Everybody goes to earth. You get to make choices. You get to make mistakes. I'll pay for them. I'll pay for them. I'll live a perfect life without sin. I won't, I won't do anything wrong, ever. 
and then I'll suffer the consequences, the pains of your sins. I'll conquer death and allow you to do the same if you all follow the rules. If you get baptized, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, if you show your faith, if you prove your love to God, you'll make it back. No matter what mistakes you make, if you do all these, all these ordinances, all these things, you'll make it back. And we went, "Mm, okay, all right. And then Satan steps up. Satan has a plan. He's another older brother of ours. And he says, well, how about this? We do it my way. I'll be the Messiah and all the glory will come to me. And then that starts the war in heaven. I think this is pretty similar with Christianity. Yeah. The kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's then a war in heaven over whose plan we're going to pick a third of the hosts of heaven. We don't know if that's a literal third, like 33% of all the souls, or if it's just, we broke up into three groups or whatever, but a third part of the hosts of heaven signed with Satan, sided with Satan. They picked him. God cast them all out for their rebellion, cast them out down into the, the earth without physical bodies. They'll never get one. They'll never, ever get one. They lost that chance by, by, not, by, by rebelling against God. And now they're so mad. They hate us. They hate God. They hate Jesus. And they'll do everything they can to keep as many of God's children from getting back home. So they're going to tempt you to do awful, terrible things. Right? Uh, and that's, that's essentially it. This really right? sounds like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is what second Nephi chapter two said about agency and everything. It said there must needs be an opposition in all things. You have to have evil in the world to understand what good is. Yeah. If you never, if nothing bad ever happened to you, you couldn't appreciate pleasure. You need to have pain. So you have to have an opposition in all things. That's a key ingredient to agency. So I thought, oh, so Satan's an important part of this plan. Right. There has to be. It says right here, there has to be an opposition. There has to be a Satan. And it talks about, you know, he seeks to destroy the souls of men and, and, and all this stuff. And so that got me thinking that God needed him to rebel. What if, what if Satan had just agreed with Christ's plan and there was no war in heaven and no one ever rebelled. We all just went along with it. Did we, was he then going to ask for a volunteer to be Satan? Was he going to see if there was someone who didn't want to have a body and would just be like, he needs Satan because we wouldn't be tempted to do bad things. Yeah. And this whole point, this whole thing of Kirkham's lesson was about like this trial period and how we, we have to be tried, how there has to be temptation, how there has to be opposition, blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, well, then Satan and God are playing on the same team. Like if Satan's real, then, then it's, this is just an act. Like he's clearly on God's team and you know, he has, he just has to pretend to be the bad guy in order for this to work. The other uh, thing that I got really hung up on was that there's a verse, there's just like one verse that says the problem with Satan was that he sought to destroy the agency of man. That was his uh, plan. That's all it says about his plan in the pre-mortal existence. That he wanted the glory for himself, and that's bad, but that he also sought to destroy the agency of man. Okay? Now, everyone in mainstream Mormonism, or they did, I don't know if they've changed or whatever, but they kind of accept agency as choice. And that right. was the whole point of Kirkham's lesson. That it was like, it's not. 
It's, it's bigger than that. But what people would say in lessons that was taught over and over and over again, they would say, Satan sought to take away our choices. And so then here comes all this interpretation. This isn't in the scriptures. This is just what Mormons say. They say that Christ presented this plan that was like, hey, you guys can go down and you guys are free to act on your own and you're free to choose whatever you want. You can choose bad or you can choose good. And I'll, I'll choose good every time and I'll, and I'll be your savior. And those that follow me will come back. Those that don't will be punished. Okay, and you won't be able to make it up to the celestial kingdom. You won't be able to become like God. Satan's plan said, I'll be your savior and you'll go down to earth and I'll make all the choices for you. You won't get to have a choice. I will just make sure you do the right thing every single time. I, you, won't ever, you won't ever sin because I won't let you. No one will ever be murdered. Or, you know, like there, you won't experience pain because I won't let you, I will make all the, I I will not allow you to make the choices. And then we talk about how bad an evil Satan is, right? And how that's, that's, that's so bad. And, uh, Mormonisms would talk about how fucking communism is, is really Satan's plan because, uh, they are taking away choices and we need a free market and that's Christ is all about Jesus. the free market. You know, it gets because, and so this is stuff in religion. Like, even while I was still very religious, I was like, um, you guys have took this one verse that all it says was sought to destroy the agency of man. And in my opinion, misinterpreted it. And, be, and it mattered to me. I was very passionate about this subject because I felt that that little misinterpretation led to all these other bad examples. Like people uh, saying that you couldn't... Uh, uh, take away choices from your kids because uh, uh, like if you just make your kids come to church, isn't that Satan's plan? Isn't that Satan's plan? To, and I was like, I don't think that's what Satan's plan Wait, was. So people really would think the thing, it's yeah, such this subtle is, manipulation though, because it's, it's it, th- these religions, they build the entire premise on this idea of free will. And then all the fucking religion is, is rules that are enforced by making you feel ashamed of your very natural instincts and separating yourself from mm-hmm. your truth through the use of rules that all suck. They're all rules, uh, the stuff about sex and, and desire and lust and all of these very human things. So the whole point is for you to come down here and have choices that one of them is wrong and then be riddled with guilt in order to earn yourself your way back, it's insane. Yes. That's bad shit. It is. It is. Equally bad shit was just that, uh, I don't know, they presented this plan as Satan's, where, that he would make you do everything. And you wouldn't have any choices. And that was the bad part. Which is how I feel about that church. Is that they, exactly. They wanted to force me to do all this stuff, you know? Um, but what I believed after talking to, uh, Kirkham that night was that there's more, well, first of all, there's more than one way to destroy the agency of man. If he explained all these different components that are necessary for agency, like opposition, temptation, uh, consequence, 
choice, like all, all those things are factors in agency. And he was like, and he did all these examples, you know, I, uh, I probably stole the pizza thing from him. And he was like, if you took away any of these factors, you would destroy the agency of man. You would, they wouldn't have agency anymore. Now, if you were Satan, and if we know for a fact that he was trying to destroy the agency of man, and we know for a fact that he took a third part of the host of heaven with this plan, how would you persuade a third of God's own children to rebel against God? Do you think telling them that their one and only mortal experience would involve no free will, like no choices of their own, would be incredibly persuasive? Do you, does that sound fun? Hey guys, come to earth. I will choose everything for you and I won't let you decide anything and we'll all come back home. Well, then why are we going? Yeah. Let's just stay here then. This is dumb. He was like, which would you pick if you could cut out one thing and you were trying to, you know, get people to vote for you instead of Jesus? And I was like, consequence. I would take out consequence. And he agreed. He was like, yeah, that's exactly what I would take out. So if there's no consequence to the pizza topping, if every single pizza topping tastes the same, you don't really have a, a choice. You're never really going to experience an actual consequence and then be able to like weigh the differences like, oh, I should have done this next time. You'll never actually learn anything, right? right. Think about how much more persuasive that is to say, uh, okay, guys, I know Jesus had this, this good plan, right, where we all had to do exactly what he said and follow all of his rules to get back. What about this? I'll be your savior. I'll be your Messiah. And none of you have to do anything. You do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. And you do not face consequences for it. Every choice is the same. There's no right or wrong in this world. You go down, you live a life, you experience things. Whatever you do in that life, you're going to gain experience and you're going to be able to come back to heaven. As soon as I thought about that, that was buried in, that was, it was just, it, it buried itself in my mind and I couldn't let that go. I remember asking, talking about this in the, in the missionary training center, like before I go out to like teach people this, I was asking everyone, like all these older, like the teachers and my bishops of these questions because it felt incredibly important to me because I was like, if that's Satan's plan, uh, I vote for that. That's a good fucking plan. <laughs> That's great. Why? Jesus's plan because Jesus' plan doesn't make Because any sense. God gets to make up his own rules. God gets to choose who comes back. Like He's like, my hands are tied. You didn't follow all the rules that my son set, so I can't let you back into heaven. But Jesus' thing is, I'm going to come and be the sacrifice for fucking what? You're going to come be the sacrifice, but also we can't go back? Yeah. The whole thing's really weird. Well, the, all right, so... I, what I, what I decided was just that Satan was on God's team. That was the only way I could make it make sense to me. That was like, he's just playing a part. This is all part of the plan. This is how it has to be. But then the closer I got to leaving Mormonism, the more I, I started, I started to wonder, I was like, I don't know if you had a, if you had a religion and you wanted to keep everyone in line, I, I just, it just seemed like this brilliant deceit where they where they they lied about what Satan's plan really was and talked about how that was such a bad thing 
when that's what they were doing, you know, because think about how much more dangerous the, the notion of there's no right and wrong is to a religion. That's, that's they, an incredibly it's presented as that's anarchy and dangerous, but, uh, yeah. Uh, telling people who aren't free that they're free mm-hmm. playing up, uh, constantly talking about freedom of choice in a situation where people don't actually have choice mm-hmm. is uh, not the first time that trick's been used. Yeah. So I, before I left Mormonism, I had decided I, that I knew that Satan was not real. Yeah. Because if he was, if everything they said happened up there in the, in the pre-earth world, if that really happened, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Because I would be with Satan. Oh. Be- okay. Because that, I, that makes sense to me right now. Yeah. So if, if you had told me that to me up there, if I'd gotten to watch like Satan give his remarks, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's cool. I vote for this guy," and then I would have been banished uh, down. Instead, oh. instead, I'm supposedly I one of the most why elect. I was real. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Was, uh, that's that's why. I, I I feel like if 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 that Mormon version happened, I would be with Satan right now. Yeah. I would be I would be banished because that feels true to me. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, I, it no longer makes sense to me the need for a savior. I, li- I believed it my whole life. Uh, and the it was, belief that something outside of you is supposed to provide you with what yes, you're supposed to Yes, because I'm broken. Because yeah. I, there's something that I need. And only like now, like as an adult, do I go, well, why doesn't God just forgive us? Yeah. Like if we make bad choices, we learn from them and we're sorry. Why, why, why is there a third party here? Like, I just need you and me, man. You're the guy that opens the door. You're God. And you made the rules. So you can see into my heart. You know that I'm sorry. You know that I paid a price. I felt guilty. I made restitution. I did all those steps of repentance still. Why does, this, why does your other son have to come in and suffer for my behalf? I don't, I don't get it. Oh, because he un, unlocked the bounds of death? You could have done that, right? Right. You could have just done it in a snap of your fingers for us. So... That's the whole plan of salvation stopped making sense to me. And it's weird now to, to like, it used to be, it used to be so true. Like it used to make so much sense to me. And now I, I I went, I had a a conversation with a a Mormon friend recently, an old friend we caught up and she wanted to know, you know, and I told her like, I don't believe in this and that. And we had gotten into a little bit of a discussion and she, we just ran ourselves in circles. She kept using the same uh, analogy but they were analogies that I had used. I had yeah. used before. Like she talked about um, uh, that. She was like, all right, so you know your mom loves you, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, but she's going to let you go outside and play because she wants you to have experiences outside. I'm like, got it. She's like, but you're going to get dirty out there. That's a fact of the world. You go outside, you'll get dirty. Okay. But to come back into your mom's house, you have to be spotless. You got to be clean. You can't bring dirty shoes in. And I was like, got it. Okay. And she was like, so Jesus then is the hose that cleans you. And I was like, all right, you lost me. I don't see why uh, I need, uh, like, why is Jesus the hose? I don't get it. She's like, well, you got to have a hose. I was like, but I can use the hose myself. Like I can use it. She's like, yes, yes, yes. You, because part, you do need to make effort. You need to pick up the hose and you need to turn it on. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But why does Jesus have to be a hose? Like, I don't, I don't get why he had to die and suffer such great pain 
in order for me to use the hose. It, God could have just let me use the hose to get back in, you know, like it just, it, it does not make sense to me right. anymore. Yeah. No, it doesn't. So the alien said that Satan is fear and that everything, the temptation to do the wrong thing. So like the, the Adam and Eve story is just basically us deciding to buy into that game, which I think the wording in that is, uh, eat the the fruit of the knowledge. I'm paraphrasing, but eat the fruit of the knowledge of life and death. <gasps> we say good and evil, but yeah, life and death. Okay, yeah, it is life thing. and death, think, though, right? So, well, I think it just depends on translation and stuff. So, but same thing. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. say this is the initiation of the game, and s- Satan, which is fear, is uh, just like okay. Uh, right now, you are going to fall asleep. You are going to forget who you are. You are going to forget that you are God. You are going to forget that none of this is real. And you are going to buy into this game right now. And the knowledge of life and death is the belief that life and death exists. Because death doesn't actually exist. The, the the aging, decay, none of that actually exists. That's all part of the game. So at that point, this isn't some tragic story of... Uh, we lived in bliss and suddenly we cast out into a world. We were cast out to whatever this was. We're naked. We, we don't know shame because shame doesn't exist. We don't know guilt because guilt doesn't exist. And it's like, all right, you're going to take this pill. And when you take this pill, you're going to fall asleep and forget that you are the one controlling this game right now. And so they eat the fruit and then immediately they feel shame about their bodies mm-hmm. and and shit goes crazy because they bought into this game. And for the whole rest of the game, there is Satan is just fear. And so I go through the Bible and I, not every fucking scripture or whatever, but if you go through some scriptures and look at it from the premise as God is us playing a game again and fear is the, is the premise of the game. Okay. And, Everything you have to overcome is some form of fear. Insecurity, jealousy. Uh, so rather than a person, a, a personage that's yeah. tempting you, yeah. the, an evil guy that, that, that hates God and wants to steal his way as many children as possible, yeah. it's we the do game. have trials and troubles and stuff, but it's all because of fear. Yeah. The fear. game is fear. The game is fear. Yeah. So if fear is Satan, then Satan, I was right. Satan plays a very important role in the yeah, game, right? It, it is the game. It is the game. So what? Are, give me some scriptures real quick and we'll see. Hold on. I just bit. Googled. I just, I, I, is it okay if I use Book of Mormon scriptures? Sure. That's what I, that's what I know. Okay. I'm going to replace this. Is, these are, I just searched scriptures that have the word Satan in them and I'm going to replace them with the word fear. Helaman 621 says, fear stirs up the hearts of the Nephites. Fear sends lines among people. Like it makes people lie. Yeah. Fear is the reason why we lie. Okay, hold on. Number one reason people lie is uh, they think people are going to get mad at them or people lie to themselves out of fear and insecurity. Tons of people lie just to avoid confrontation. Like that's the number one reason for lying in relationships. I've noticed you see a lot of people who don't, rather than have mm. a, a five minute uncomfortable mm. conversation, they just lie. Okay, hmm. so that's all fear. Here's a good one. This is, this is from the Doctrine and Covenants. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fear has great hold on men's hearts and stirs them up to iniquity. So saying Satan's the reason we do bad things. Yeah. Right? Is what the scriptures Satan tempts us to do bad things and makes us, makes us bad people. Yeah. Instead of looking at it that way, fear. Yeah. Fear 
has great hold on our heart. Right. That's a very helpful way of looking. That's a very helpful maxim. Yeah. So uh, if the whole point is to like play that. this game where you have to realize that you are the one playing the game and fear is the game that you have to overcome, everything that you have to overcome is fear-based. And fear is just the belief that you are separate from God. Mm. And that you, so, uh, and we're God? We're God. Fear seeks to destroy the work of God. That's D and C ten twenty three. Here's another one about lying. Fear leads men to lie. Fear will harden people's hearts. Mm. That one resonates. That yeah. <laughs> uh, there are so many like metaphors. Uh, harden, hardening of the heart was a big uh, one in Christianity that we talked about a lot. There are so many things that we talked about in Christianity that we gave like lusts of the flesh. Okay, so the in the in the video game in the alien version, your your body comes with an, an artificial intelligence, which would be like the ego. And you're experiencing life through this this false self. And a lot of like enlightenment and stuff, uh Buddhist like a lot of like Eastern religions are about like reconciling your higher self with your false self. And lusts of the flesh would be just really fear-based beliefs. Flesh being your actual physical body and its, and its mind that you have to overcome. But when we talked about lusts of the flesh, it was always just like sex. You know, like wanting to jerk off mm -hmm. rather than... And flesh just being this like carnal. No, carnal means will die. The part of you that doesn't actually exist is this part of you that will this die. This fleshy, carnal part. Yeah. So, so this is something that your like, body Like, here's wants something to do. you can take literally, this mm -hmm. carnal. But we looked at carnal. We called carnal. It was all just had this, like, sexual... Yeah, I mean, you know, the, uh, oh, it's kind of a sad thing. More, more, we call it the natural man. The natural man is an enemy to God, Mosiah 430. God, Kirkham would be so... I'm I'm glad. I, I'm, I hope he listens to this one. I hope he's... Well, don't block you know. him from it. <laughs> He's going to be like, Aaron has a podcast? <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, you're going to be horrified. You're such a sweet man. Um, but uh, yeah, don't yeah the natural man. We, call, yeah, don't, um, we called it the natural man. Yeah. And even though it was the fucking word natural, we treated it like it was a bad thing. Yeah. We were like, oh, don't be. like. But they're natural desires. Yeah. They're natural carnal desires. I think it's a good reminder to be like, it, to say, listen, the that's temporary or something yeah. like the, your soul is permanent. So don't just get hung up on just these carnal. There's more to life than this, but I don't think that it's helpful or necessary or true to tell people that those carnal desires are inherently bad and that they should never, ever, ever give into them. You know, just if you just had this nihilistic, detached uh, point of view where uh, experience your desires, don't live your entire life through your desires, even in the world of the world. What mm -hmm. if they were just saying, hey, you're an alien, you're God, you're in this world, you're not from it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's. I feel like that's how I interpreted it. I, I just didn't think I came from an alien blue light planet. Yeah, I, but, I, but, but the but interpretation it was, it was a is like, yeah, but we are here, but we don't associate with the society we're in or watch rated True, that's our movies. A, that's another extension It all of comes that, back yes. to this psychic disciplinary. Like, it all comes back to this rules. It's all about rules rather than expressing 
That it's a video game. Hmm. All right. So when you were talking about Adam and Eve and the garden and mm-hmm. stuff, um, Mormonism talks about that a lot. We've got we we talk about that a lot. So that chapter that I'm telling you about, Second Nephi chapter two, mm-hmm. where Adam fell, the men might. I mean, that chapter starts out talking about. So it's like in any 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 discussion on the plan of salvation. I mean, we got to talk about the fall. the The fall is key. It's how, where life really starts, right? We've got uh, we've got stories in the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, I think, Pearl of Great Price for sure, and then actual Genesis. But then in addition to that, the temple. And I know people hear about Mormon temples and stuff. There are there's an endowment at the the temple, which is essentially watching a movie. Which I know it seems weird because we're like very secretive about the the temple, and then you find out wait this is it. So I've been wondering my whole life, like when kids finally get to go, mm-hmm. you wonder your whole life, and it's just, we're going to watch a movie? That's it? Mm-hmm. That seems strange. But I do like, uh, so basically, the whole point of it, I mean, they do some ordinances, they do some some weird ritual stuff, but the whole point is to give you time to sit and think. You sit and you and you watch this, like the, the Genesis story, the fall, and they, they're teaching you like maxims about life, right? Through this. They're teaching you everything you need to know about life through uh, Adam and Eve's story. And there's a lot there to unpack. So I found it so cool that the aliens would also talk to you about that. Yeah. That they would, that they would uh, start here, and that, but, it, but their movie's a little different, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But also, uh, really cool that, that we're God, right? Here's the thing that Brigham Young said one time. He, Brigham Young taught, he was our second prophet, he taught Adam-God theory which was that Adam was God. Ad, God came down and got into a mortal body and was Adam. He was the first man. He started. So he was our spiritual father and our physical father. Hmm. So, um, now, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a taboo topic in Mormonism because uh, every other Mormon prophet has denounced it. So like Brigham Young taught that. No one else has ever taught that. Everyone oh, else is like, Brigham Young's crazy. Which, when you find out, as a 22-year-old at BYU in a religion class, you find out that a prophet of God, the mouthpiece of God, who speaks for God, said one thing, and a different mouthpiece then later uh, contradicted him. Yeah. Or said, that's not true. Or the fact that the whole that now like the churches has an official stance policy. They were like, yeah, uh, uh, Adam God theory uh, is wrong, and uh, that blood atonement shit that he was doing was uh, bullshit. Uh, still, no official apology for racism. <laughs> uh, it was very that was like a uh, a shelf breaking moment for a lot of people yeah. to know that that Brigham Young, the guy we named our university after taught something that wasn't true, so he made a mistake. Do prophets make mistakes? Does God make mistakes? How come God's word was supposed to be uh, constant and never changing, but throughout our very short history, we've seen him change, blah, 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 blah. And so that's all Adam God theory ever meant to me. I never really uh, thought about it that much. I never investigated too much. But now, I kind of, I'm like, what if... Yeah, uh, thinking about that. Yeah, right it's now. just it's interesting that, that you and Brigham are on uh, that same page there. You yeah. know, different I don't fuck pages. But yeah. Uh, well, I think that was jo- Joseph. I don't know. Brigham might have as well. Who oh. you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> you 
was like it's just you know like like everybody's got like their pros and cons like no one is perfect you know like <laughs> joseph joseph uh loved kids but maybe too much <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Brigham, you know, I mean, he's a very strong leader, led people across the West, built a city, uh, but hated black people and also thought we should shed our own blood, uh, for, uh, a, a, a mode of repentance. That was, Whoa, that's, is that, that what you were just, that was a blood about? atonement is if you like bloodletting. Yeah. Like people, yeah. There was like a practice that Mormons did for a hot second. Uh, where and you, then just have the cut, you, you have to cut yourself and bleed a bunch yeah. to as a as a as a way to get closer to Christ and like cover your own sins and, and stuff. And then the and next I'm, prophet was like anemic, so he was like, "Duh, <laughs> this is definitely not what God wanted." <sighs> but I again, just same thing as we did in that other religion episode. I I just like thinking about your computer game uh, stuff as another religion. Yeah. And another way of looking at things. Yeah. Like, I love movies. Not just the ones I watch in the temple, uh, but I love watching movies and getting messages from them. If you like, you you get this from me a lot. I, I, see, a, I see a movie and I'm like, Jessa, The Last Jedi had so many great messages. <laughs> Told me I'm supposed to let the past die, you know? Yeah. E- kill it if I have to. And like, I take that message and I, and I uh, apply it to myself. I love doing shit like that. Yeah. And religion now to me just seems like another art form where you can, if you want to like look at these stories and apply them to your own life and like take the meaning from it that you want to. And it's so much more relaxing where now I can like really appreciate Brigham's uh, bullshit. Whereas before that was just a uh, 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 mind shattering Something that you couldn't I, reconcile I could, yeah i was like well there has to be one true thing which one is it it can't be this so then he was wrong so what does that make god does that make god a liar oh, blah 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 and now that i've just let that go i go oh that's kind of cool to think about like adam being god you know it's this relaxing. is another thing all the time where i i i have i get messages from everything i pay attention to everything if there is a song that pops up a lot uh there are things that people say in movies during a time where i'm uh trying to figure out a problem something like let the past die kill it if you have to that we talked about like stuff like that I take as I messages. got Jessica to watch The Last Jedi, by the way. Yes. I talked about it enough that she finally rented it and I, watched well, I got it. The uh, and had to watch the, yeah. the computer. So um what from the mouths of idiots is another one that like even if I don't take someone seriously as a person, I've had people just idiots that I don't respect. You know that's not the saying, right? It's babes. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I I said okay. my saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, my saying okay, is from right, the mouths okay. of idiots. Like, I don't... People need... Uh, people put too much... They invest too much in what other people tell them. They want a leader. They want someone to make their decisions for them. And they need that person to be right all the time. Perfect. Yeah, they can't just say like, hey, I'm just going to take this one morsel that makes sense for me and leave the rest. And that's how you end up with religion, with all these uh, flawed people 
these flawed prophets. I don't I don't know if if these guys know that they're full of shit or if they are self-deceptive. But they rather than being like, "Hey, we're just kind of making this shit up as we go along and now we're going to change it cuz some of this was bullshit." They can never they can never be honest. And I think that that's why an entire generation just feels how not uh authentic it is because the church can just never say yeah we fucked up we were wrong it's like oh no 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 this was god god didn't want us to let black people in the church yeah so uh i was talking to jess about this is a great example um they they had a ban that brigham young started because joseph smith gave the priesthood to black people oh uh there weren't there weren't a ton of people around but he uh he was cool with them uh you know and he was like you guys got any teenage daughters you can join (laughs) uh but uh uh, yeah i don't i don't see color or age or (laughs) consent i don't see any of these things (laughs) joseph was you know pretty pretty woke dude uh (laughs) Uh, but Brigham Young put in this ban. Black people can join our church, but we'll never give them the priesthood. And that existed for a very long time. And this is like way after the civil rights movement that that like the church, like they're the, the people were protesting the church God. when schools were playing BYU and their football team would come. Students were organizing protests. There was these Wyoming fo- t- uh, football players that all got kicked out out of school or maybe just kicked off the team because they were protesting the priesthood ban because like here comes this racist university to they just wanted they wanted this policy to change so uh luckily god changed his mind (laughs) god changed his mind and lifted the ban right and they've never just apologized. apologized they they issued this one essay which i've talked about on the podcast where they come close to saying that it was a man-made decision, but they don't apologize for it. They just say, yeah, it is a fact that Brigham was racist. and But, but you know, everyone was a little racist back then. Oh, it was 1847. God. Of course we were racist, you know? Uh, but, like, no, there's no apology for it. So there, we just had the anniversary of when they lifted the priesthood ban, and the new prophet, Nelson, Russell M. Nelson, I believe, uh, had a press conference with leaders of the NAACP to commemorate this day. Some genius, some genius troll created a website that was very similar to the Mormon Newsroom websites. Like instead of mormonnewsroom.com, it was like mormonsnewsroom.com. And he made right. it. And then he posted a story uh, that was that um, President, the, like breaking news, the prophet, President Nelson, in this conference, officially apologizes for racism. So, like it has his quotes like, we were wrong. We're sorry. Let's put it past us. That didn't actually happen. In the actual press conference, they just said like, hey, everybody needs to love everyone and we could all do better about being open-minded or some shit, right? So good. But that was so close to the truth and also what everyone wants to be true. Mormons would love it if their church apologized for it. It would feel good, right? Yeah. Uh, so everyone shared this article on Facebook. Everyone shared this article that was like, Mormons apologize for racism, right? Even ex-Mormons were fooled by this. You know, lots oh. of people were, were fooled. And, but the real genius of it is that then, like, this becomes a big news story. And so, uh, like, the Tribune and, like, other, like, uh, publications are then uh, calling church headquarters be, uh, and asking for comments on this fake story. Mm. And the Mormon leaders have to state 
uh, no, we actually did not apologize for racism. <laughs> you know, like they, they wanted to do this press conference with just being like, look how great we are and never bring it up, you know? But the fact that someone brought it up, that's like in a, in a very clever way. So it's like, all right. Oh, 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 well, they said you apologize for racism. I was like, no, we didn't say that. Oh, okay. Weird. He, that was a fake story said that you did. So, um, like, are you sorry for racism? <laughs> And they have to say, no, we're not. We don't make mistakes. We're perfect. And oh, we did. Uh, yeah. Just I felt- what a great opportunity to not suck, though. It's- yeah. Well, you just, uh, but you can't, they can't. Yeah. Because it's, it's this bullshit idea. so out of touch in to absolute me. truth. There are Mormons that want to stay in this church. Yeah. That want, that it would be okay with a flawed prophet. It would make them feel better, actually. Yeah. And they refuse to show any flaws it's That's very strange what makes to me, me think that it's a this is a conscious knowing that it's full of shit that you think that there are evil men that are uh at the top that are so much like conspiracy theory stuff uh, believes that there's just this this grand uh conspiracy and i just don't think that that's how things work necessarily mm-hmm. but uh, I, I lean towards human error and self-deception and Me like too. ego and fear. And, but then on stuff like this, I guess it's just still a PR thing, which does exist, exist as far as like yeah. conspiracy. I if have it, to pee all, so bad. All their, all their, uh, their statements and stuff are so PC and yeah. so conservative that, I mean, there's a lot of people and myself included that feel the church is more a corporation than a church. Yeah. The the Mormon church has got a lot of money and they keep, they don't make their records public and they don't let people know how much they have. And that is a there, corrupting factor. There are some sure. leaks like recently that have shown how much the profits like get as a monthly stipend and stuff. And you just, mm. but you have, that's, that's tip of the iceberg. We don't know. Yeah. And so it just, I feel like they, they issue statements like a like a board of directors concerned about the stock price. Yeah. They were just like we can't we we can't care about people's feelings because we have to consider the stockholders. Yeah, but it's foolish cuz you would keep people in the church if you were just honest. Mhm. You're going to lose an entire generation, which means you're going to lose your church. Yeah. I have to pee. Okay. All right. All right. Uh Jess is going to go pee, guys. Uh <laughs> I hope that this was fun. I know this is I, I, I'm real passionate about this stuff. I don't know if anyone else is, but uh thanks for letting me talk about it. We will catch you guys next Monday on Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Pros in the know start with Lowe's because Lowe's makes it easy to save big on building materials to finish any job. Need to stock up on water heaters? Save 5% on select A.O. Smith water heaters when you buy three or more of the same model. Plus, save 5% on eligible purchases every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. While supplies last, credit offer subject to credit approval can't be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply, U.S. only.